Hey everyone, uh, welcome to another uh, episode of our podcast. We have a very special one for you today. Not that the other ones aren't special, but um, we have John Lee, the missionary, here with us, and then we also have Robin co-hosting for the first time today. See, who, who wants to say hi first? Please, please, uh, John, go go ahead, man. <laughs> Hello, guys. <laughs> Am I asking the question? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. It's always a little awkward in the beginning, yeah. but we'll get into the flow. Robin, how's it going, man? How, how do you feel, you know, being a co-host? I feels great, man. Um, I'm a little, like, nervous, I guess, which is weird to be. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually excited to see how John's been doing. Um, yeah, and I, I just want to hear John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be honest, yeah. All right. Robin, do you want to take the first question? Yeah, let's do it. For the people that have uh, come in, the ELMC, can you just, like, uh, introduce yourself? Hello, my name is John. Uh, I grew up going to Yongsing, the Korean, I guess, I guess not really the Korean side of ELMC anymore, but it used to be. Um, so I grew up going to Yongsing since first grade. And then, yeah, I've been going there yeah, basically my whole life. Uh, now I'm a missionary in Cambodia. Fast forward, I'm like a missionary in Cambodia. Uh, I've been here for about nine months now, but I came here uh, in 2017 to 18 for a one-year internship. But yeah, I'm here as a long-term missionary now. John, can you share with us what kind of ministry and work uh, you do in the field? Yeah, I live in a village called Angxie, which is two hours south of uh, Phnom Penh, the capital city. And here we do youth ministry uh, through English outreach, uh, sports ministry, play basketball, and yeah, play like whatever sports the uh, kids don't play, the younger kids don't really play sports, so we just play whatever with them. And yeah, we just do find different ways to outreach so we can uh, reach them with the gospel, teaching them Bible study and. Uh, we have, uh, we're also a church plant, so we have uh, Sunday services for them. Okay. What's a popular sport there? It's not popular in Cambodia, but popular with our students is basketball. Uh, the most popular sport is probably uh, either soccer, or it's probably soccer first, and then volleyball in the village. Nice. Have you been uh, up in your soccer game? No, um, I haven't. I've only played once, actually. Um, our students don't play as much. Our, our students like to play basketball, so we've been, I've been playing a lot of basketball. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Twisting some ankles, huh? Getting my ankles twisted, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, this is something that I'm, I'm like, super curious about. I read that uh, insects are widely eaten in Cambodia. And like, I keep like reading about like articles saying that like, eat, you know, uh, eating insects is like the future of earth because um, like meat is not sustainable, but insects are like, you know, full of protein, super healthy for you. What, what is that like having insects uh, in the cuisine? At least for us, it's not a common eat, but I have eaten, I've eaten uh, ants, uh, tarantulas and crickets. What's it called? I guess ants didn't really taste like much because it was mixed with like uh it was in a beef dish called beef with red ants. So you can't really taste it, it just tastes like the sauce. Um it's called tarantulas. Tarantulas are actually not bad. It tastes like if you've ever had a uh, soft shell crab, it's very similar to that. It's like a 
the texture and the taste. Uh, oh, I mean, it's like deep fried, so it just tastes fried, but the texture is like a soft shell crab. So you just imagine a crab, it's not too hard to eat. Um, is, there like meat? Actually, is there meat inside the shell? Um, like the legs are just crispy, but the body, I guess, has some some liquid in it. People might not like that, but it's not too yes. I mean, I'm pretty open to eating eating stuff, so spider didn't juice. Bother me. Yeah, spider juice. Got a lot of protein probably. <laughs> the crickets were the hardest for me to eat just because they're um they fry those too, but it's really oily. So it makes me uh feel sick, the oil part, not the cricket part. Maybe if I had it like barbecued or something, it might be better. Okay. Um, did, so is um like are insects like accepted by everybody in that culture, or are there still people that are like, ew, like I don't want to eat that? I think it varies from uh, region. Um, here in, in my in our yeah my village, it's not really. Do people eat bug? Uh, it's not. I don't think they eat it as much. But um, in the city, I guess some or some of our students who've graduated or who've uh, graduated high school and gone to college in the city, they eat, they eat bugs and yeah, no problem. So I'm assuming they probably eat it here some at some point. Maybe not as often, but they eat it. We do eat um, balut, the fertilized duck egg, where it's like a baby. It's like a baby duck inside oh, the egg. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know yeah, what you're talking about. That. So I've, I've eaten a lot of that. Aren't there like feathers on the like baby ducks and stuff though? Yeah, there's the whole baby duck. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Would you I recommend it? Last, last week or two weeks ago, I ate like 10 of them. Would you recommend it to like the average American or no? If, if, you, if you like eggs, it just, it just tastes like eggs. The flavor isn't too bad. Uh, okay. It's just more <laughs> the... I guess just the the grossest factor is more looking at it. Okay. Yeah, man, I, I would try it. Yeah. yeah. Wait, that's so disgusting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing that I cannot eat. Like, I always eat like, egg. Yeah, I always you can eat like, an egg and you can eat a duck, but you can't <laughs> eat in between. I always put it that way. I always see it on YouTube and like like these try foods that people won't eat, whatever. And like that, I'm like every other food, I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. But that's the one thing that I cannot try. Like we just talked about crickets, tarantulas. Yeah, I mean I'm down and for bugs, that. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm down for that, but maybe duck egg, I can't. <laughs> I've seen it. It's so I can't. There's like a beak and everything. Yeah. Wait, what's the texture like? Depends on what part you bite. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted it's, to know. It's, it's pretty soft. It's not like the even though there's bones, it's like really soft. There's nothing like uh, it's not a hard bone. Yeah. Also, oh, is this still like cartilage? So you can like yeah, actually or, chew the bones. Yeah, you can just chew it. Yeah, chew it all up. And the beak. I don't remember if there's a beak or not. I never really like took it apart and to see where the pieces were. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, did you have any... Uh, oh, sorry, Robin. I'm, I'm going off. But, um, no, no, please. Go <laughs> ahead, man. Do you have any... Um, like, what, what were some, like, culture shocks that you had while you were adapting to Cambodia? Culture shock? Um, you cannot... <laughs> you can, uh, what's it called, negotiate on your... Uh, 
your uh, speeding tickets, or not speeding tickets, I guess traffic violation tickets. <laughs> oh man, I like the sound of that. Yeah, I remember the first time I came to Cambodia, I, I was driving and I made a right turn. Or I guess here you can't make a right turn on a on a red red light. So I did that and they they tried to charge me twenty dollars and then. I just said, I kept saying, oh, no, let's, let's go a little bit lower, 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 lower. And then I got it down to $2. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> but it's harder now. They're cracking down harder. Uh, I had a $25 bill. I could only, I only got it down to 12 And yeah, a lot more now. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, like the PPA wouldn't take that in Philadelphia. Yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah, if you did that in America, you go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I got to remember to keep that here and not do that when I go to America. <laughs> How's uh, uh, your like language study going? Are you like feeling more comfortable now with speaking to people there? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I'm like, like I said, flu- fluent is uh, a definition of fluent depends, uh, dif- differs from person to person so. I want to say I'm like somewhat fluent. <laughs> John, are you still learning from that old man in the village? I'm learning from a different old man. You came here from multiple wise men. Yeah, wise men. Yeah. You know any slang? You catching on to any slang? Any slang? Yeah. Uh, I learned. I learned some like some inappropriate words from the our. Uh, some of our neighbors, oh, they always, of I always they uh, stop by there in the morning on the way to my tutor. They always want to teach me bad words. <laughs> Wait, why? Like for yeah. fun or, or you're just walking down the street and they go like, you little. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they, they, they called me at first and then I was like, what's that mean? And then they all start laughing. <laughs> they all call me something. I don't, I'm not sure what it means, but I know it's, it's not something good. Because when I said it back, they're like, oh, don't say that. Don't say it to anybody else. Just say it, just say it with us. <laughs> just say it to us. <laughs> Best way to learn a language. Bad words. I've never used it with the students, and I, I, ho- I hope I never slip. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, better. Uh, yo, John, um, so what made you want to specifically serve in Cambodia? Specifically in Cambodia, I guess uh, Cambodia wasn't, um, I guess I didn't really choose Cambodia per se to start with. Uh, it was just where ELM happened to be going to uh, their summer, summer mission trip when I decided I was going to go. And then when I got here, I just, yeah, I fell in love with the country. Uh, the team here is really good. Um, yeah, I love my team here. And yeah, it's just fun. I, I, like, I like Cambodia. It's like, um, it's a little wild. It's like every time I come back to Cambodia, it looks different. Like especially the city is always changing. Uh, even the village. Like uh, I live with uh, Pastor Luke. He's a, another missionary of my organization, and his place is looks literally looks different every time I, I come here. Even Stephen, when I showed when uh, I first showed up here, he was like, "What is that place? Like this is a whole brand new building that showed up out of nowhere." So uh, I just yeah, I like how it's uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's like it's a developing country, so it's always always something new. Can you share some like basic information on of uh, Cambodia in relation to Christianity? Uh, in relation to Christianity, it's I guess if you look online, there's anywhere between two to four percent of Cambodia's population that are Christians. Um, I think it's 16 million people. So I can't do the math, but you can you can put that in your calculator. 
but all I know is it's uh, not a lot. And uh, they, I guess the two to four percent includes like like Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons. So I guess it would be even lower for us if we were going to count. So if you stopped like the average Cambodian in the street and said, do you have you heard of Jesus? Would that be a yes or no? Uh, they might have heard of like church before or something like or know of like Christians or something like that. Um, especially in my neighborhood, they'll at least know that we're here as a church, but they've never, they probably never, uh, been to church as like a attendee. So, uh, there is a lot of familiarity, especially yeah, even in the city, there's a lot of churches, but, um, yeah, it stops there. It's just, oh, they know what, they know who the Christians are, I guess. Are they open to learning more about it or are they kind of like, oh, no, no, like, I, I don't care? Um, I, I guess in uh, Cambodia, they have a culture of like saving face. So that they'll never want to say no to you directly, but they'll like say one thing. They'll say like, yeah, or like if you invite them to church, they'll be like, oh, yeah, 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 I'll go or I'll go when I'm wherever I'm free or something, but they won't come. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. Mm, that, that must be tough uh, when it comes to like evangelizing, like street evangelism. Yeah. So what's it like over there? I mean, with, with the COVID situation. COVID situation. Um, the past few months have been not bad at all, compared, especially compared to America. The cases were really low. It was like under 100 um, or like under, it was in the hundreds at, at the most. Uh, so like everything was running like just as normal. And then recently, I think in the past couple of weeks, we had our third, um, what do you call it, outbreak. So uh, this one seems a lot worse than the other ones. We're up to 15, like 1,500, I think, 1,600. And so people are, are a lot more scared. Uh, the last, the, like the last uh, outbreak, the second one, people didn't really care. They're like, ah, it's whatever, it's small. And so nobody really reacted to it. But um, this time around, people are, are like parents are taking their uh, kids out of school and things like that. So, wait, John, that's fifteen hundred, like in your village or like in the whole country? No, 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 in all of Cambodia. So, I mean, like, still, still, like min uh, minor compared to America, but it's big for wow. us. Wow, fifteen hundred out of uh, sixteen million. That's yeah, that's not bad. So, Cam yeah, yeah Cambodia is pretty strict with uh, foreigners. Every yeah, every for or anybody that comes into the country has to do a two week quarantine. Right, right. Um, do people wear masks there, or? Um, it's funny. I was I was riding uh, my bike in the village. I wasn't wearing a mask, and some lady stopped and then covered her face and said, "Wear a mask, wear a mask." But she wasn't wearing a mask. <laughs> 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 oh, that's that's great. Well, that's not hypocritical. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how how are uh, Pastor Luke's family doing um, and uh, in relation to COVID? Are they doing okay? Um, yeah, I guess I mean like it, it, for us, it's new like reacting to COVID right now because in the village we yeah I mean we still have zero cases in the village so we we were kind of lax about it but now we like we bought uh, masks for all of our students and even face shields for some or like a lot of our students. So it's, I mean, it's still, we're still trying to figure out like what, like how safe, like what, how to keep safe and how, what's like reasonable, what's not reasonable. Cause like realistically, like we, we're not going to have any cases here. Cause no, yeah, we're not, we don't really have people going in and out. Have you had to like shut down uh, like Sunday service or like classes at all? 
Uh, we, I don't think, yeah, we've never shut down. We've done um, like smaller services where we do like a Bible study instead of like a full uh, church service. Like tomorrow we'll be, we'll be doing that instead of like, um, I guess like the full service, we'll do like a, like a stripped down version. So tomorrow will be the first day we're doing that for this outbreak. Okay. Yeah. But it's a lot more, yeah, it's a lot more comfortable than what my life was like before I came here from America. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, a, a harder subject to talk about, but um, this is something that I was very curious about. Um, can you tell us about uh, the genocide that happened in Cambodia and how that impacted the people of Cambodia? Yeah. Yeah, so the genocide it was uh, run by a regime called the Khmer Rouge, and the leader was uh, named uh, Pol Pot. So uh, they were like a communist group, and they wanted to, I guess, bring uh, Cambodia back into an agricultural society so that everybody's equal. And so what they did was kill off anybody who was educated. Um, if you wore glasses, you were just assumed to be educated, even though those aren't really uh, correlated. So um, they just yeah, kill, kill people off uh, for being educated, for having jobs apart, uh, outside of being a farmer. And just anybody they were suspicious of, uh, I guess, working against the government, they would just kill them off. So they killed 20... I, Online, it says about 25% of the population was killed off. So uh, one of the results of that, I guess, one of the effects that continues even till now is um, Cambodia's population is still pretty young. I think 60% of the population is under 30 years old or something like that. So it's re- the population here is really young. There's like a whole missing generation or a couple of generations because of uh, the genocide. In terms of like, I guess, and I guess poverty is another thing, but in terms of like uh, students or students, I guess, I feel like students kind of don't really know too much about it. They might learn about it at school, but it doesn't really affect their day to day. When I, I remember asking like college students about it and they didn't really know too much about it. Uh, I think it, part of it comes from like the parents, like, I guess just the shock of it. They don't want to talk about it. They, they don't want to talk about, they bring up the history and uh, I guess share what happened to them. So um, it's kind of, yeah. I see. It's, in some ways it's almost like it didn't happen for the students. Wow. So like the, the older generation is just carrying that pain and trying to not, you know, pass it down to the younger generations, I guess. I guess yeah. I don't yeah. I don't know if it's because they don't want to sh- like share the pain, or it's because they don't want to like face it themselves, or yeah, it's probably a mix. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it was yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, like I can't imagine how bad it was. Like if if you ever come here to visit on like a short term team, we always take the teams to go visit. Like the um, there's a place called Tulsling. It's a high school that was converted into like a torture center, and it's just like yeah, it's one of the darkest places you can go. in, I, I think. Okay, is that the place that's called uh, referred to as the Killing Fields? No, no, no that's it's a part. Uh, so this whole thing is like the um, is where they interrogated all the prisoners, and then if, when they went to kill them, they would take them to the uh, Killing Fields, which is it's, they call it Killing. I guess yeah, there is no one Killing Field. There's when they say Killing Fields is literally like, like they, there's like a bunch of places where they kill people, but. Uh, there is one famous area, which is like I think the biggest killing field, and I've been there too, and it's it's, yeah, it's terrible. Like they have a 
uh, big like um, stupa in the middle, and it's just filled with the bones of um, all the. Uh, I don't think it's even all the people that got killed there, but it's it's like a three three four story building. I, I forget how tall it is, but it's just completely packed with bones. It's wow. Kinda, wow. It's really dark. Yeah. Does that um, so uh, to follow up to that? Does that affect um, your work as a missionary uh, in Cambodia at all? Um, honestly, I I don't know how it. I can't I can't really tell how it affects directly. Um, like I say, students don't talk about it, and uh, yeah, people don't talk about it, so we don't really know. Okay. My team might know, but for me at least, I I haven't really heard too much about it. Okay. And and then um another follow up to that uh, mm-hmm. in the mission field, do you have any recurring doubts or any like recurring hurdles uh, that you have mm-hmm. to worry about? Yeah, I guess ever since like I guess ever since even before becoming a missionary, I was always doubtful about being effective on the field. Uh, that's part of the reason why it took me so long to even get to Cambodia because. I would always like second guess myself, like, oh, am I even going to be useful here, or am I even like the right person to go, or do I even have the skills to even yeah help out? Um, so that that was yeah that was something that always uh, bothered me, and um, yeah, even before coming this time for the long term, long term, I, I still yeah, struggle with that. But um, yeah, God's really been faithful throughout the years, and I know that yeah He's going to use me even if I'm not. Um, gifted or skilled or anything i know that he can still work through me and so um yeah i'm just trusting yeah him in my weakness mm, amen. amen hey john is there any uh person or people um that help you encourages you over there like can you talk a little bit about them and how they've been uh, really just supporting you helping you um yeah, so I, yeah, I live with a missionary family. Uh, yeah, Luke and Soka, uh, they've come. Yeah, they've come and uh, spoke at, yeah, I guess ELM before it became ELMC. <laughs> uh, yeah, they yeah they're they're kind of like my role models in uh, mission field. They've they've been here uh, at this uh, village for they reached their ten year anniversary here, and so um, actually it was 11, 10 or eleven. I think their marriage is ten, and their village is. I forget, at least 10 years. <laughs> and so, uh, they're, yeah, they're my role models. I guess my yeah philosophy of ministry is, uh, yeah, taken from them is just, yeah, be here, yeah, be here long enough for, um, yeah, to make an, to be here long enough to make an impact, you have to be here a really long time. Like one year is not going to do anything, two years, yeah, at least like five before, it's like at least five years before you even start making an impact. It's like five, the first five years learning culture language and uh starting relationships and then after that's when the real work starts <laughs> wow it's a life's work um can i ask you what your typical day in cambodia looks like mm-hmm. typical day um so monday wednesday friday is when we do our our regular english classes so we have a class in the morning for our elementary to middle school and then in the evening we have our uh, class for our high school students or I guess upper, like the high, uh, middle school students who do better and or who are more advanced and then our high school students and then after that we usually play basketball and then um, Thursdays and Saturdays we do uh, computer classes for our students our older students and then 
Yeah, basically a day looks like um, yeah, teaching during the day and then either hanging out with like making food or uh, playing basketball with them at night. And then, of course, we have Sunday, we have service. Uh, we have two services, one for our uh, youth, I guess, like the children. We do like a children's ministry. And then uh, in the afternoon, we do our, um, I guess it's our regular ministry, but most of our student or most of our church members are students. We have three adults and the rest are like, middle school high school students we have anywhere around i guess our number numbers are kind of low because of covid but i guess at most we have like 80 throughout the week when when we're at our like our peak okay i think right now around like 40 during the week yeah i'm always interested in like how God is working throughout the world in different parts of the world. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any like story that showcases God working um, to the people, through the people, through you, mm-hmm. any, any story? Yeah, I guess uh, I, I've been sharing this story a lot, but one of our college, or I guess he's a college student now, but um, we had a youth retreat back in November and um, the student hasn't, hadn't come out to church in maybe like six months before the youth retreat just because he was like busy doing other things and working with his parents and stuff like that and so um yeah we weren't really sure yeah we weren't really sure where he was in his faith but um during the youth retreat he like i guess it's similar to our youth retreats in america we all get like the booklet with like the questions and stuff like that but for him, after every service, he would go to his room and then he would open the booklet and answer all the questions. And so I saw him doing that and I was like, oh, what, what are you doing? Um, and he told me that he's interested in uh, becoming a church member. And so oh, yeah, our th- the theme of the retreat was church membership. And so it was just a, it was just a really encouraging thing, thing to see, um, you know, our students um, yeah, actually like listening and actually yeah, taking to heart uh, what was being taught. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's 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 in the or he's he's actually back in the village now because COVID, but he's um, in the capital city for uh, college and he's living at a church dorm. So uh, we're hoping yeah he continues to grow as a as a believer over there. He hasn't been baptized yet, but hopefully sometime in the near future. I see, John, for for the younger students that you are trying to evangelize to, um, is there any pressure from their like parents or their their other family members? Uh, for them to not go to church and not become a Christian? Um, I think this, I think there's some students that like that. Uh, I haven't, I guess I wasn't here when those things happened, but I think the students who don't want them or the parents who don't want their kids to come, they'll just not send them. Um, but I think for the most part, since, uh, when they're, when they're young, parents don't really care about that stuff. Um, they just, as long as they're learning something, they'll send them. Uh, but parents kind of like step in more about religion when they're older, like after like um, maybe high school or past high, after high school, they'll start uh, intervening and saying you can't do things. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I understand that the Cambodia is mostly uh, predominantly um, Buddhist. Does that have anything to do with that? Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, life here. Yeah. I guess like, since uh, so much of the population is Buddhist, like Buddhism is kind of like baked into the culture. Like a lot of the, I think actually maybe all the holidays have some kind of Buddhist element to them. Uh, either they're like sacrificing or not sacrificing, but they're like giving offerings to their ancestors or to spirits and things like that. Um, 
one of I guess the biggest holiday is called Pujumban. It's kind of it's like their harvest festival, and they believe that you have to give uh, offering to your ancestors, and if you don't, you'll be cursed for the whole year. And so I've heard like that's that's a big point of tension for some Christians because um, if they don't give offerings, then uh, Christian I guess Christians obviously they can't uh, give offerings to spirits or anything like that. So. Uh, if things happen in their family, if things go wrong in their family, they might get blamed for that. But yeah, I guess like protection, like protection from spirits is kind of just ingrained. Like if you, if you buy a new motorcycle here, they all, they always come with like a little red string tied to the handle. And that's like a, some kind of like protect, protective amulet kind of thing. And every, like almost every, every person has a red wristband. If you're, if you're a Buddhist, you have a red wristband. That's also like protect you and a lot of different like amulets and um i don't even know yeah strings and stuff like that must be tough getting like blamed if you know something bad happens or you know yeah i'm, I'm seeing like a similarity to like you know what i read about how um like christianity spread in korea back in like the 70s and 80s you know like just predominantly like buddhist parents and like you know they would have to wear like the you know like the what do they call it in korean like bujuk and it would be like the like the amulets and like they would have to have it on their bodies and like you know like do like the ancestral worship and stuff like that and you know yeah yeah i think yeah koreans celebrate something similar um I forget what it's called. I remember my, my parents used to do it when I was younger, but I mean, they don't do it anymore after going to church, but they used to do like once a year, they do uh, give offerings like fruits and stuff. Uh, John, um, please, if, if you have any prayer requests for uh, uh, for yourself or for whatever um, that we could pray for as a church, um, could you please share them. I guess yeah. I pray. Uh, I'm. I want prayer for just to be more. Yeah, more intentional with with the students. Just yeah. Um. I mean, I spend a lot of time with them and yeah, have a lot of fun with them. But it's just like to be more intentional about yeah, asking about their spiritual life and um yeah, trying to um yeah, see how they're doing in their faith and asking more uh, intentional questions. Um. What else is there? And then also, yeah, just to pray for our students and the, who are, I guess our college students uh, in the city. There, I heard they were, um, yeah, they were sharing prayer requests with uh, one of our pastors, and a lot of them were saying they were scared and, um, you know, just anxious because of the COVID situation. Yeah, they're all a lot, or I guess our fresh, we had uh, eight freshmen go up this year, and yeah, they're all from this, the village, and they don't know really know anything about the city, and so yeah. They're away from their family and um, scared and stuff. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And yeah, so prayers for them as well, just saying protection and just, uh, yeah, for um, people to yeah, step in their lives and yeah, care for them while they're in the city. Yeah. And uh, John, I know that um, you uh, frequently send out like emails on updates. End up oh yeah, I'm overdue. <laughs> yeah, do you wanna do you wanna do a quick like plug in and uh, share with us plug-in. how we can start follow following uh, following your uh, newsletter? Um, my newsletter is an email that I send out, so I guess the best way is to send me an email. I don't know, I guess through Facebook or through Instagram or whatever way you have contact with me. 
just send me your email and I'll add you to the list. I'll have to, I haven't sent a newsletter. I'm a, I think I'm a month, month behind on my, uh, news, sending out a newsletter. So okay. I gotta, cool. I gotta do that soon. <laughs> <laughs> I guess cool. this, this can, this can be part one of my newsletter, this interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think this is a good spot to end. Um, Steven, did you have anything you wanted to add? Questions, comments, concerns? I guess I have a question for you guys. When, when, you, when are you guys going to come to Cambodia? <laughs> <laughs> I, heard, I heard in May, everyone, everyone in the U.S. is getting vaccinated. <laughs> hey, actually, actually, we were supposed to go to Cambodia again with ELM this past summer. But because of COVID, we couldn't go, you know? So, like, I would have been, th- been there. Did you sign up? I guess they didn't yeah, get to that point, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to ask this actually. Um, when I visited a missionary in Bulgaria, they said like it's very easy to lose touch with the church members, and then you almost feel so lonely because um, like it's hard to consistently keep in touch with the people back from states, your family, your friends. Like, do you feel that way in Cambodia right now? Yeah, uh, sometimes just because it's like it's a uh, when I'm awake, you guys are sleeping, and when I'm sleeping, you guys are awake. Yeah, <laughs> it's eleven different, so it's kind of hard. Um, yeah, it's like early. It's I can only talk in the early, yeah, early morning or late at night to match you, match you guys. That's why we always send each other memes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like, uh, usually yeah, chat chat mess or I guess like chats are the best because I can read them later. It's my uh, morning news. I'll, I'll go go and read through my chats. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in the states? Let's see what happened in America. <laughs> yeah, but we'll definitely come visit. I just want to encourage the congregation um, to take a couple minutes to pray for John uh, in the missionary work over there. That. Uh, everything would go well and that COVID would not affect um, the missionary work uh, in any negative capacity. Uh, Yeah, so just please take a couple minutes to pray for that um, after the podcast. All right, hey, John, thank you so much for joining us. All right, thank you guys. Thanks, John.